Hello and welcome to the NFL Preview Show powered by Odds Checker. I am joined as always, Ben McClymon on my left, Coach Jeff Reinbold on my right. Gentlemen, week 14 <laughs> is in the books and my God, was it mental. It was crazy. It was beyond mental and it was stupid. I mean, <laughs> the only way Good stupid though. Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. I, there are a lot of people that just shook their heads when they saw those results, especially the late games. I mean, the, the ends of, the, of yeah. how the games finished. Now, sometimes as UK fans, as Jeff says, the late games, we don't, you have to go to work on Monday morning. You don't quite don't get, have to. Well, you don't have to go to work. Yeah, that's fair. But a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, and you don't quite get the benefit. But yeah. these ones were worth staying up for. I mean, Ben, the Rams stymied by the Bears, 15-6. That was crazy. We had the uh, Patriots who lost to the Dolphins in crazy fashion. Overtime in the Chiefs game. Where do we start? Uh, I think we start with the Rams. Let's start with the Rams because everyone thought the Rams were going to do it. We all said that. Uh, maybe it wasn't a game worth staying up for in terms of offensive play, but it's time that we get a few big defensive shows. It was a seven interceptions overall, I think. So we didn't pick the Bears to win that, but the Bears shone through and it shows a bit of cold winter football. And that can stop a few teams. You're not allowed to tell people that we didn't get the bets right. Like if we, if we don't oh, get the bets right, we just okay. we just that was the only one though. So. Yeah, but Jeff, this is uh, this is Sean McVay, Rams head coach, his 79th NFL game throughout his career. It's only the second time that his team hasn't scored a touchdown. So that just shows you how good an effort it was by this Bears defense. Just how talented that Bears defense is. Yeah. Because if you look on the other side of the ball, Trubisky didn't play very well. No. And you'd say, well, you know they. The Rams should have had a chance to win the football game, but I'm gonna tell you something. They just took the Rams' offense completely away, and that's got to be concerning for them because, you know, they played well enough to win on defense. They got enough turnovers, they got enough stops, but from a, from an offensive standpoint, the Rams have to be a little concerned. I think they really miss Cooper Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup, excuse me, a lot more than people think. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you can talk about the weather. But I'm going to tell you something, it's cold on both sides of the field, and those Bears defenders weren't cold, they were fired. Yeah, I think we had 290 yards from both quarterbacks combined for seven interceptions. Wow. That's quite something, isn't it? But I think the thing here is we're looking at, you go, okay, so we're going to go to the rush game then, who's going to win that? You've got Todd Gurley v. Jordan Howard and Cohen. Jordan Howard had 101 yards, Cohen 69, and Gurley could only get 28. So that's where they lost it, really. They couldn't get anything going on in the running game. And you would have thought that's where the Rams should should be able to compete with some of the Bears. Yeah, the Bears have been really impressive in their own right in running, but you're right, Todd Gurley is one of these guys that we've come to. He's the rushing leader. Jeff, he has been outstanding week after week after week. Is this just a blip, or is it uh, the weather, or is he getting a bit fatigued at this stage? Well, I think it's probably a little bit of all of those things. Yeah. The weather was obviously tough, and we said that that was going to be the case. When you go into Soldier Field, which sits right on the lake, Lake mm -hmm. Michigan, it's windy, it's cold this time of year, it's a hard place to play. But, you know, the Rams have been in hard places before and won. So I, I really thought that they would go in and perform much better than they did offensively. And when you talk about the interceptions, boy, some of them were just bad interceptions by both quarterbacks. I think this is an indication of just how good that Bears defense is. And Vic Fangio is a guy that really needs to get some credit because he has taken this group. When he went in there three years ago, they were porous. And this year, they are really, really special. Yeah, Ben, you've got the 11-2 and two Rams. They've clinched the NFC West. No problem about that. But now they're competing with the 11-2 Saints uh, for that for that buy, for that home advantage. You've got the Saints who are 7-2 to two, um, to win the Super Bowl. 
Rams now down at four to one. Who do you favour out of those two guys? I still go for the Rams. I think if they can get a few home games, I think them playing in Los Angeles is a big thing. And I, I know they did get stopped here, but I still think they have so much going for them. And the def- their defence is really stepping up. So if their defence keeps going, and then you get Jerry Goff on a good day, Todd Gurley on a good day, uh, they miss Cooper Cup. Yeah, they've still got enough weapons. I think then I'm still favouring the Rams because the Saints are winning, but the Saints aren't impressing at the moment either. They're both kind of stagnating a little bit. But Breeze has kind of topped off a little bit. Yeah. he's not been his normal accurate self. And but I thought we saw last week with the Saints that you know with Kamara and Ingram, they still have ways they can beat you when they're not playing at their best in the past game. Yeah, so Saints eight to five to win the NFC and Rams seven to four. So it's pretty close. Yeah. Toss up. Who are you going? I think I'm. I think I'm sticking with you. I think I'm going with the Rams, and especially if if they get that home advantage. Because the Rams are unbeaten at home this season yeah. so far. So you know, these guys are unbelievable. They're like you say, they've got so many weapons. Without Cooper Cup, I mean, it destroyed my fantasy team. I'm not oh. going to lie to you, losing Cooper Cup. But Sean McVay seems to have coped better than I did <laughs> uh, somehow. Um, I think I'm sticking with the Rams. Jeff, what are you saying? Well, I, I think this is really going to be. Uh, who goes to the Super Bowl out of that conference is going to really depend upon who gets home field advantage. Because I think the Saints, if they're playing at home through the playoffs, they are nasty when they're mm. in that dome. And the same thing's true, as you mentioned, the, the Rams are undefeated at home. So these are big, big games as we go down the stretch. And, you know, I like the fact that the Rams have always bounced back. When they had a game like they had in Seattle earlier in the year, they came back and they played well. I think. You know, one of the hard things to do in professional football is to play well over a long stretch of time. You know, and they have played extremely well. Only one loss going into that game with the Bears. Sometimes it's not bad to lose one late to kind of wake you up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And we've talked about a couple of other teams. We've got the Bears 13-2 and the Cowboys now sneaking at 10-1 to for the NFC. Cowboys this week, Amari Cooper, fourth quarter and overtime, went off over 200 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, we thought they beat the Eagles quite comfortably, but it was tough in the end, wasn't it? It was. It was an interesting one because the Eagles, they're, they're still not quite out of the mix. Jeff, they are. They're, they're trying to compete, but the Cowboys just have, they've kind of asserted themselves in the East now as uh, they're going to win the East, essentially. So we're, we kind of know who the Cowboys are. They've got better and better and better. <laughs> and just when we're kind of counting them out it seems that they come back with a vigor, and Amari Cooper's been a huge part of that. Yeah, and their defense is another thing. A lot of people don't talk about that Cowboy defense, but you know, when you evaluate a defense, you look at how good are we at all three levels, the front level, linebacker level, and the back end level. You know, and they've got maybe as good a group of linebackers as there is in the National Football League. You know, they've got great pass rushers up front. They play hard. Jack Crawford plays. I mean, they, they play incredibly hard. And... Lawrence is, you know, you can say what you want about him, you know, as a knucklehead, but I'm going to tell you something, he can play football. And then you got Carr in the back end, and, I, you know, Jeff Heath played really, really well in that game the other day for the Cowboys. So I like the Cowboys' defense. I'm not sold on the Cowboys' offense yet. I just, you know, they, they kind of sleptwalk through that game, a lot of it. And Zeke is obviously a talent, and Amari Cooper can make huge plays but man, oh man, it seemed like it took them three and a half quarters mm. to finally decide that's where they were going to go with the football. Totally, but isn't that the sign of a good playoff team that they, even though they're on the brink of losing, they they kind of they come back and they 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 make it tough, sure, but they get there in the end. I kind of feel like uh, Jason Garrett saved himself a little bit because I think well, at the start of the season he was on the hot seat. Yeah, I think, and you're, I think any time you're coaching in Dallas, you're on the hot seat right. because you know Jerry's 
such a volatile guy, but he's done a great job. He's done a tremendous job, actually, of writing that ship. And I think that trade, and I wasn't a big fan of it, to be honest with you, when it happened, because I thought to give up a first-round draft choice is a lot to give. But the way it's played out, when Washington lost their quarterbacks and Philly had got decimated in the secondary, making that move was the thing that I think gave the Cowboys a chance to win that division. And, you know, that's what we're in the business for is to win. Yeah, when they made the trade, it looked like it was going to be a top 15, maybe even a top 10 pick because the Cowboys sucked. Yeah. Now it looks like <laughs> it's going to be a top 20, uh, above 20, so in the range of 23, 24, they're losing the playoffs, maybe if they get a bit further. Late round picks, so they've, they've the the value of that pick has increased so uh, decreased so much. Sorry for the Raiders, and increased so much for the Cowboys. I uh, I don't want to be hot, uh, smug about this at all, but I, I remember when it happened. And, and oh, and, and you called it? No, this is not. Let's hit this out. This is wrong. Did Jerry did Jerry call you and say, "Hey, hey Tom, I got to weigh in, weigh your." Yeah, uh, I'll go for it. Me, cool. me and Jerry are pretty close. So he gave me a buzz and was like, right, Amari Cooper's coming my way. And I said to Ben, I was like, Amari Cooper, that's a good trade. No, that never happened. Uh, we could go back and look at the tape. Okay, we'll look at right, the tape. So I say, we Amari, all said this is a terrible trade. I said, Amari Cooper, this is a good trade for both sides. It's expensive, but this could work out really well. Got shot down over here by the big man. Coming back. The Fair. crows are coming you back. You get the tape. We, let's bring that out. You know what? That, the game he had, though, and think about this going forward now. Ezekiel Elliott runs into more eight-man fronts, what we call plus fronts, than anybody in the National Football League, right? He has the most chunk runs of anybody and the most yards after contact of anybody in the NFL. Mm. So when Amari starts to assert himself like he's doing right now, those boxes are going to start to empty because people are going to have to play too high coverage Mm. to get a bump on him on the line and have a safety over the top of him. The spin-off benefit to that is really going to help the quarterback and it's going to help the running game. I couldn't agree more. I'm quite, quite excited to see. I know they're obviously not a favourite, Ben, in, in the NFC. There's so many good teams. But I'm excited to see where Dallas can go. And I think, I think the NFC is packed with, with good quality to the top quality teams. It's not so much in the AFC right now. We're seeing the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, who who snuck a win over the Baltimore Ravens in overtime this weekend. Obviously, the Patriots lost. The Steelers lost. Are the Chiefs far and away the best team in the AFC? Uh, yeah, I think they are. And I think the team they're playing this week, the Chargers, are the ones who actually could be the closest to them. So that's a really interesting matchup. Now, Bosa's come back and Bosa looked good at the weekend. So there's Bosa and Ingram putting pressure on uh, Patrick Mahomes. That could be a really interesting game. Well, I, I think it's going to be interesting too because... You know, you, if you watch Tyreek Hill playing the game, he w- he toughed it out and really was playing on one mm-hmm. foot at the end. That one, the ball that he caught on the fourth and nine play where Mahomes threw it across his body, if he was healthy, he would have scored on yeah. that play. But you just couldn't get it. He couldn't run. So now you take him out of the mix. Where was dinged up? I mean, they're, they're starting to show their injury problems mm-hmm. too. And this time of year, you want to be healthy. On the other side, San Diego's going to go in there, and I don't know who's going to play running back. Because Eckler got hurt on the onside kick, and Gurley's apparently not ready to play yet. I mean, Gordon, yeah. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's not ready to play yet. So that's going to be tough. Chiefs on a short week after as physical a game as they played, an overtime game. So you played additional football on top of it. I think the Chiefs' defense played about 90 plays in that game, and that's too many. And then they have to play on a short week. I think it's going to be tough for Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, MVP, is it? <clears throat> Is the race done or is Drew Brees still fighting? It's do done you... for me. No, it's not done. It's not done. But he's, he's definitely jumped ahead this week again. I think that he's just making t- 
Breeze having a great season, he's not throwing the interceptions, he looks great. But Mahomes is making plays. We came in there, first thing we talked about off screen is what Mahomes is doing this week. And that just makes everyone excited, and I think that will be taken into account in the MVP round. Jeff, what do you reckon? I think there's going to be some sentimental <coughs> feeling for, for Breeze because of where he's at in his career. I think if you look at the body of work and you say that if he finishes the way he's going right now, he's going to challenge for the all-time single-season record for touchdown passes in the season, his first year as yeah. a starter. Mm. And so that's an unbelievable thing. And he, he, like you said, guys, he makes plays other players just can't make. I don't know if there's another, maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe the only other quarterback in the National Football League right now that could have made that throw he made on fourth and nine. Yeah, so Mahomes is now uh, four to five to win the MVP, and Breeze is five to four, so they're very close. Next best is uh, Philip Rivers. He's at 33 to 1. So. Wow. And you know what? That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? Because if you really take the sum of the, what he's working with, right? And this has been almost his entire career. He's been an underappreciated guy. And in my mind, he's, just, he's a Hall of Famer. But you don't think, I mean, he, if, the, if, the, if the award is truly this, the most valuable mm. player, then I really think you got to you got to give Philip Rivers an awful lot of consideration because where would that football team be if they didn't have him? Now, I... I I'd be with Geno Smith, and that's not good for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we found out with the New York Jets a couple of years ago. I totally agree <laughs> with you, Jeff. However, the odds makers have spoken, haven't they, at this stage? It's a, it's a two-horse yeah. race. It's a shame because I think you're right. I think the, the, the wording of the award and actually what the award stands for, they're two different things at this point. I would love to see... Do you know what? I don't actually care. I love both of those guys um, and for completely opposite reasons. Mahomes come in so raw and yet such star quality. And Drew, B Drew, Drew Brees, for his body of work over a 15, 18-year career, to have shown... He's come back a couple of times as well. He's not just been playing sailing. But he's been, it's been tough for him. And, and uh, you know, I think that's why I think there's some sentiment mm. that way in, in, in the football circles. It, it, neither of them would be, uh, you know, would be a bad bet, certainly. Mm -hmm. But I think if Mahomes can continue to play out the way he's played it out, that he will be the MVP. Now, there can't be that many Decembers, Ben, where New mm -hmm. England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers have lost on the same weekend. Get the stat. Where's I, the stat? I mean, I wish I had the stats. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's never <laughs> happened. It might have happened. It would have happened. Um, a, a crazy ending, yeah. Jeff, in Miami, first of all, <laughs> with uh, Miami Dolphins. A crazy two-way lateral. Uh, Tannehill throws it out. Somehow Kenyon Drake ends up with the ball and runs it home. Rob Gronkowski is defending it, which seems like a, nobody can explain why he's on the... On he's the there for the... Well, you know what? Yeah, exactly. He's in there for Hail Mary. But if you think about it, where the ball was snapped from, the line of scrimmage was, I think, inside the 30. It. Yeah. You couldn't have thrown it twice and got it to the yeah. end zone. So I, that one is one that was shocking. Because you saw him try and make the tackle at the end of the Slow. at the end of the game, and, and oh, he slips as well, yeah, doesn't yeah. he? Know. he gets but down. you know what, guys? Everybody in football practices that play every week. But you do it usually as the last thing you do as you come off the field on Saturday before a Sunday game, and so you know it's it, you do it against air, and it's kind of you know, really kind of a slap around kind of deal. But to go out and execute it the way they executed it was amazing. And I saw some footage today 
on MiamiDolphins.com where Adam Gaze was actually showing practice footage of them working on the oh, play nice. previously. Wow. Did yeah. it go as planned? The double <laughs> well, it, 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 it was a little cleaner when they did it in practice because there was nobody on defense yeah, there. Yeah. But, I mean, that was an amazing... Think about it. If you say incredible finishes, how about Casey Baltimore? Yeah. Baltimore fumbles the ball. Lamar Jackson fumbles the ball, gets hit by Justin Houston, fumbles the ball. They got the ball in field goal range, right? And then they almost screw that up. Then the kicker comes in and misses a field goal that should have won the game. Then they come back in overtime, and, and you know we saw what happened in overtime. Then you got the Cowboy, I mean, excuse me, the Cowboy Eagles game goes to overtime. The Steelers line up for a chip shot field goal, and the yeah. kicker slips. Yeah. I mean, you just go, it's crazy. But the whole Steelers thing seemed mad. So if you miss the game, the uh, Big Ben goes out with a, with a rib injury. Um, seems to stay out for a while. Derek Carr kind of leads the comeback for the for the hapless Raiders, really. The, the Steelers must be looking at this game before we start and going, well, we're going to walk yeah. this. And that's why Big Ben doesn't come out. There's a cockiness there, in my opinion. Josh Dobbs has a, has a nightmare as a backup for Big Ben. Big Ben comes back in, leads a touchdown drive, and then Derek Carr takes it 75 yards himself, and, and the Raiders win this game. And then it, then it, then it messes up with a, with a chip shot goal and... I can't even explain it, Ben, but how much the Steelers are getting in their own way right I now. think you said right. I think they got cocky in that game. I think because Big Ben came out, the crowd went crazy and thought, yeah. this is his time. And he just sat on the bench for a bit and I thought Dobbs would do it. What was Dobbs? Four for nine for 24 yards and interception. Yeah. Like, there was a time during a few of his drives where you could have called time on this, bring Big Ben out, we need him. It's not like you're 11 and two. Like The division's on the line. And they decided, no, we're fine. And yeah, bit him in the ass. There's a lot of questions right now about that Steeler team. And, you know, you think about it, fellas, they've had some ugly losses. Not just losses mm. in a row. We're talking about ugly losses. You're up 16 at home yeah. against San Diego and can't close the game out. You, you go to Oakland against a team that can't, I mean, is just a, maybe the worst football team in the NFL right now. Mm. And you lose when you have to perform. So I don't think, when you look at a team, you always wonder about their their uh, emotional maturity. I don't think the Steelers are a very emotionally mature team. And there's big problems in, in, in Pittsburgh right now. They're, they're close to, I mean, if Baltimore had been able to beat, beat the Chiefs, Ben, then, you know, we're looking at a different yeah. AFC North it's, now. It's one tie ahead, aren't they? That's what they've got at the moment. And that can easily get turned. There's still three games left. Which, the Steelers don't look like winning them all at this moment. Which makes it all the more exciting, Jeff, that we're getting into week 15. Let's have a look at that one. Week 15, gentlemen, and as ever, there are some huge matchups with huge implications, Ben. We're going to talk about a few of our favourites, give you some stats, give you a few tips. Hopefully, you can win some money this weekend. That is the name of the game. Ben, it's a weird weekend this weekend because we have two games on Saturday. Beautiful, night. isn't it? Yeah, it's just great. Just a few extra out there. Jeff, just as a little bit of background, mm -hmm. is there any rhyme or reason why sometimes we get Saturday games and Sunday games? Well, Saturday has always been college football's day. Friday nights for high school games, college is Saturday, pros on Sunday. Now the college season is over and the bowl season doesn't start for another couple of weeks, so it gives the NFL a little window to have Saturday games. Fair enough, there you yeah. go. If you beer Saturday, get back at 1.20 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's start with the uh, 9.30 game on Saturday then, gents. The Houston Texans travel to New York to take on the New York Jets. Um, it's a nine-game winning streak. It's over for the yeah. Texans. It began and it finished with the Colts. 
But Ben, do the Texans have enough to beat this poor Jets team? I think they do. I don't know who's going to start a quarterback for the Jets either because I think Darnold took a few knocks in the last game. McCowan came in for a bit, so that's undecided. Uh, Texans are going to bounce back, I think, here. I like Texans. Texans. Texans half-time, Texans full-time. That's only at five to six. Yeah, that just shows you. The yes. Texans are two to five straight, so they're very favourites for this game. Um, Jets are nine to four. Jeff, do you see any chance for the Jets? Well, I, I think... If Darnold can play, he, he has to play. They need to find out. He needs the repetitions. He needs the work. They need He needs to be able to on the field because you cannot prepare you know, for a game as a quarterback unless you play a game. So I think it's important for his development that he plays, and I think that plays into the Texans' hands. So I'm going to take the Texans. Yeah, minus six there on the handicap. You like that? Yeah. Yeah, six. I actually fancy Texans minus 6.5. That Ooh. just tips you over the edge at 21 to 20. I quite like that. The Texans can clinch the AFC South if they win, and the Colts and Titans both lose as well. Um, I fancy the Texans quite big here. Texans 12 plus points winning margin. That is at 9 to 5. I like that as well. Yeah, you fancy them going yeah. big? Over under, though. The line's only at 41 and a half. Yeah, I can't see where the Jets are going to score points no. from. So I'm going I'm to go Texans plus 12 points on the winning margin, but still go yeah, under I, 41 points. Well, yeah. <laughs> so under 41 total points is 19 to 20. Jeff, is this where Todd Bowles' career with the Jets ends? Well, I don't think it'll be after this game, but I think it's probably going to be the, that's the inevitable conclusion at the end of the season. It's been unfortunate. He's a really, Todd Bowles is a good man and a good football coach. You know, the, the question I have is what about above Todd Bowles? Because mm-hmm. you can only do so much. You can only coach the players that you have. And again, again whether McCagnan can survive this, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, you look at there's not a lot of weapons, is there, on the offense or the defense, really. We go, are oh, these great players you want to go and coach? So. That's definitely got to go above Todd Bowles. As well. well, that's why I'm having the Jets under 19 points. Uh, that's at three to four. That, yeah. like, I, I think under 17 and a half at 19 to 20. There you go. Because, like you say, with, with the exception of maybe Robbie Anderson, uh, Isaiah Crowell looks like he could be out for this yeah. one. Quincy Newman's a nice player, but but he doesn't turn up no. regularly, does he? And Adams, so, Adams can play a little bit in the secondary. You know, they, they, yeah, they he's got, a good. They've player. got a few young kids, yeah. but when you talk about a roster overhaul, mm. you know, we're looking at other teams around the league, and Seattle went through the same thing now granted they got Russell Wilson playing quarterback but they turned that whole roster over that entire defense most of the offensive line and so you know it can get done it just didn't get done with the Jets and it's probably going to cost Todd okay moving on to the late game on Saturday so that's 1:20 Sunday morning don't get confused here it's the Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos you might need the big coffee like Jeff to stay up for this one but Jeff is it going to be worth it for the punters yeah, I think so because I think the Browns the Browns are actually fun to watch. You know, they've got some really fine young players. Everybody talks about Baker Mayfield, but you know, Chubb has shown that his value. Uh, Garrett on defense, they they are really really good with young young talent. Ward as a secondary guy. I, I just I think that for the Broncos, this is really really it. Mm-hmm. You either get it done this one, or you can forget about the rest of the season. And that'll probably mean Vance Joseph loses his job. That's tough to say because Vance played for me, and I, you know, I like him. But again, this is a this is what have you done for me business, lately business. This is a Broncos team that three years ago was in the Super Bowl, and now mm. they may be out of the playoffs. A lot of rookies there, isn't there? Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay. These are players I'm quite enjoying starting to watch. So I'd like them to maybe keep going, take a leap. But they are they're three to five. They're favourites for this game. Browns on the road. They're seven to. I actually like the Browns in this one. Um, the Browns have won three out of the last four. They've beaten the Falcons, the Bengals, and the 
Somebody Panthers. else. The Panthers, that's it. So, like, these teams, the Falcons, Bengals, Pan- Panthers, not been brilliant this season, but they're not pushovers, you know? Whereas, no. whereas last year, the, Bengals, uh, the Browns couldn't win a game. They're but, out five, five wins. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos are pushover either. I think it's going to be a good game. I think there's two teams who want to win. Baker Mayfield's going to go in there and want to win. Yeah. Broncos need to win. I think it's going to be a really good matchup. On the point spread, you've got Cleveland to win minus one point. That's at six to four. I quite fancy that. I think, it, I think it's going to be a tight game, but I, I feel like Cleveland might edge it. Again, going conservative on the points, the total points, minus 45.5. That's at 19 to 20. You like that? Yeah, I like that, definitely. Yeah? Definitely. Well, you mentioned Vance Joseph. Is he, is he coaching for his job or is it too late? Well, Tommy, in, in pro football, you're coaching for your job. Every yeah, day. yeah. <laughs> That's just the way it is. It's, it's you're, you know, Jerry Glanville said it so well. And NFL stands for not for long, and yeah. that's how long you have <laughs> as a coach. So, yeah, you're, you're. I think that the reality of it is with what the expectation level has been in Denver, and they go out and get Keenum, and you know, everybody said this team is good enough on defense. They get Chubb, you know, to be that other piece that Demarcus Ware piece that they've missed for a couple of years, and he did. The kids got over ten sacks, mm-hmm. so. You know, he's done his part. It's just this football team can't win enough football games. And when that happens, somebody's going to pay the price, and normally it's the head coach. Well, we talked about that with the with the Jets and about whether it goes to Mike McCagnon. What about John Elway? Is Because he, he's been fairly untouchable since they won the Super Bowl. Is that starting to rub off at this stage? No, nah, I would say that, that John, you know, has more grace than that. I think that, you know, you are three years removed from a Super Bowl, and you are probably not going to be in the playoffs. There are some questions that certainly need to be asked. Their, quarter, their, their choosing of quarterbacks, their quarterback selection. They had Simeon, didn't like him. They go out and draft one first. They don't like him. Then they go out and get a free agent. He's not good enough. So that's going to be something that's going to be discussed, I'm sure, in the building to a great extent. But they, they do have some good young players. They miss Emmanuel Sanders terribly. Mm. But when Su- Sanders and Sutton are on the same field and Lindsey's in the backfield, you've got enough weapons on offense. And... You know, they, their offensive line has improved. I, I just don't know if, yeah, I don't know if Case Keenum is a guy who's good enough to carry you. I think he can always get you close, but I don't know if he's a guy that's going to take you to a championship. Yeah, the issue is now you're at the point where you've got a good team, so you're drafting like late teens, early 20s, and you can't get the quarterback. That's what they've been at for a few years, isn't it? So we'll see if they can find a good one late. Stuck in the middle a little bit. I am going to go here for the Browns and on a, on a winning margin because I love a winning margin. So the 1 to 13 Browns to win. Uh, that's at 15 to 8. I quite like those odds and there's a Tommy turnaround in it. Oh, for I've you, got ben. a turnaround. Mine, <laughs> mine's going to be different to yours. But I think it's going to be close. So the Broncos half time, Browns full time. That's at 8 to 1. If you want a speculative bet, I, I see it being a close game, but I think the Browns are going to go strong, Baker Mayfield lead a charge and get the win. Yeah, I had Browns half-time, Broncos full-time. I do think the Broncos are going to win, but I agree it's going to be tight because they may be a turnaround going. You think the Broncos are going to win? I think the Broncos are going to win at home, yeah. Interesting. Jeff, Jeff, you got the deciding result? Well, I think, I think you know, again, when, when you're hurt like the Broncos are, it's tough. But, again, you're going into, Cleveland's going into Mile High Stadium, and that is really difficult. Tough place to play up in the Mile High in the air, thin air. You're from Cleveland. I, I just think that the Broncos have a better overall football team. And at home, three points always for the home team in the National Football League, and I think that's going to be enough to push them over. Yeah, oh, sit down. Fine, fine. Let's move on before I get angry. The Green Bay Packers at 
the Chicago Bears. We're back to Sunday football. This is at 6 p.m. Sky Sports action. Now, Ben, the Bears are 9-4, and four, coming off a huge mm. victory against the Rams. The Packers finally got themselves a win against the hapless Falcons. Who is going to come out on top on this one? Well, Bears heavy favourites 2-5, Packers 2-1 the road. But I think the Packers are really going to want to dismantle the Bears. They're out of the playoffs, really. But there's a chance to stick a knife in here and just bring the Bears down. But I'm still going to go for the Bears. I think the Bears have enough. The defence is looking fierce. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I've got under 45 total points at 10-11. to Rodgers isn't doing everything on, uh, on offence like he has been. It's not like he's thrown those touchdowns. He did score 34 points last week, but I'm going under 45 total points. Jeff, if Green Bay win this one, They've then got the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions to finish off the season. If they win this one, the Packers faithful, they go crazy. The Green Bay, they're going to run the table. They're going to turn it around. What's happening, Jeff? Joel Philbin gets to be the head coach. I'm going to tell you something. There's one guy that wants that to happen maybe more than anybody, and that's Aaron Rodgers because Joel Philbin was his position coach for a number of years. He has great communication with him. And I think one of the things that they're watching for – if you notice, they had they showed a they had a bump on offense, right? They they scored thirty some points this past weekend. Mm-hmm. That's the first time in a in a long time they've looked that explosive on offense. So if they can continue that trend, I would not be surprised at all if Joe Philbin doesn't get that job. Now, if it doesn't go that way, then again the whole the whole process will start over. But I know. Uh, Rodgers is very comfortable with Joe Philbin. They, you know, they have a rapport. They've, had, they've been together for a number of years. And that's part of the deal when you're dealing with these superstar quarterbacks who are making the kind of money that they're making. And Roethlisberger is the same situation in Pittsburgh. That offensive coordinator is better, number one, be able to get along with his, with his quarterback. I've got a couple of stats for you here. Ooh. Green Bay hasn't won two consecutive games since last December when they beat Tampa Bay and Cleveland Browns, uh, both in uh, <laughs> overtime. Fair. So to, to beat the Falcons and then to go into uh, Soldier Field and beat the Bears is a tough ask, Ben. But if there's one quarterback that can do it, yeah. isn't it Aaron Rodgers? It is Aaron Rodgers, yeah, exactly. And maybe he'll lead a big second-half charge, maybe more second-half points than first-half points. I... 22 to 23. <laughs> oh, very <laughs> nice. Nice one for you, that. Yeah, I've gone for... Uh, the, the spread here is 5.5 points, and I've gone for the Packers, plus 5.5. Not because I necessarily think they're going to win, Jeff, but because I think they're going to keep it close. I think that, that the Bears will win this game. You know, we talked earlier about emotional maturity, and one of the things that Khalil Mack has brought to that young bear defense is emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. They know what's at stake. They go out and play hard and play well every single week. They also know that looming out there is Minnesota, right? And so if they stumble, they put Minnesota in a position where Minnesota can, can really help themselves. So I think the Bears appreciate how big a game this really is. And I think riding that high coming off of the Rams game, I see them taking Packers by over the spread. Oh, yeah, I'm agreeing with that. That's why, like, if you'd like Tom's one, like, small win, you can get Bears one to six at four to one. I'm going with Jeff. I've got Bears twelve plus at nine to five. Wow. I don't think the. I think it's going to be low scoring, maybe like a twenty. I don't know. They got twenty-seven. Surely Packers score on that. Mate. Let's go for it. Twenty points to seven. Oh my goodness! Well, I just want to remind <laughs> you, gents, of Week One where the, yeah. the Bears are twenty points Matt up. Matt first game. But Bears are 20 points up in, in uh, the third quarter and Green Bay drive back to steal the game. 
I just, I just see it going down to the wire, and I, I'm always going to back Aaron Rodgers. Especially, we'll with, especially when he's got a chip on his shoulder like he does. Like you said, he wants Philbin, yeah, he wants the playoffs. He doesn't, nobody believes him anymore. R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> Relax, because Rogers has got this. Oh, All right, let's move on. Let's cut that off. Oh, my goodness. Philadelphia Eagles, Ben, at the Los Angeles yep. Rams. Rams, heavy favourites, one to four in this one. This is Sunday night football, so Monday at 1.20am in the UK. Any, any way past the Rams? No, Rams minus nine points on the spread. You get that at 10 to 11. I'm, I'm all aboard that. I am think the Rams are going to destroy the Eagles. 12 plus is 13 to 10 on the winning points margin. I'll take that as well. I think, I think the Rams are going to come back with a, with a bite. They're going to stick it to the Eagles. Jeff, you agree with that? I agree. I, I, I think that the Eagles suffered an emotionally devastating loss in Dallas. They, they knew that all their chips were in the middle of the table and it came down to overtime. They couldn't get it done. And you saw the faces of those Eagles players as they were walking off the field. You could see how much they were hurting. They got to put that away. And then they got to do what's the most difficult trip of all. And that's from the East Coast to the West Coast across four time zones. I just think that's a big ask for a team that is beat up as they are beat up. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the Eagles are 6-7 and seven now. They've lost uh, a couple of times to Dallas. And that means, Ben, that they're... Done. Too far back in the East. They're technically still not done. They could steal a steal a playoff place, but this is this is possibly a nail in the coffin, isn't it? The Rams winning margin here of one to thirteen is seven to five. Do you fancy that? Or do you think they could, No, they I've got twelve plus over that. I've got Rams to win all four quarters. Oh yeah. In separately. Uh, and that's at seventeen to two. Wow. Which I quite like. I think they could they could do that. Rams to win both halves separately, thirteen to ten. I'm going just Rams to blitz it. I yeah okay interesting. I've gone for the under fifty three point five points here at nineteen to twenty, mainly because I don't see the Eagles putting up enough points. I agree with you, Tommy, because when you look at the Cowboy game, the only time the Eagles really scored is when they got turnovers and they got turnovers down in close. I can't see the Rams playing that loose with the football, and you know who who's who does who do the Eagles have that's a threat? Alshon Jeffrey's a, not a vertical receiver. Mm. Nelson Aguilar was was. Basically, in the witness protection program for most of the game, nobody could find him. <laughs> and and then you look at running back. Sproles was the only weapon that they. Julius mm-hmm. Adams did a few things, but Sproles was the only weapon that they had. I just really feel like they can't find a way to get Golden Tate involved in a way that's meaningful. So you know he's got such great run after catch ability, but they just don't seem to be able to free him up. So. You know, watch Aqib Tlaib, shadow him. I think I think Wade will do a great job of attacking the quarterback like he always does. And Aaron Donald have a field day. A caveat to this, gentlemen. If you do like the Eagles, there is hope for you. The Eagles have covered six of their last nine games on the spread when they've been an underdog of at least seven points. So they do keep things close. The Eagles, okay, yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, and also, to, to further... Uh, push that point. The Rams have failed to cover four of their last six games when they've been a favourite of over seven points. The Rams, although they pop a lot of points, they don't tend to blow people out, but we're getting down to the business end of the season. Sean McVay needs to make a bit of a statement here, and this is the chance, isn't it, to bury the current Super Bowl champs. Yeah, I agree. I think they've, they've struggled the last couple of weeks. I mean, they scored, they scored six points against the, the Bears. They couldn't yeah. even get a touchdown, but I think this is different. I think they know they need to put down a statement, I'm sure, Sean McVay will say that all week. They need to put a bit of a statement down say they are still in this race and they are the favourites for it. I think they'll do it this week. Good. All right, let's look at the last game then of week 15. The New Orleans Saints travel to Carolina to take on the Panthers. 
Uh, that's Tuesday morning, 1.15 a.m. in the UK. Uh, ben, the Saints are 11-2. and two. They've clinched the NFC South. They're looking ahead to the playoffs. Is there any way they must make a mistake against their division rivals? Again, division rivals, you're on the road. There is chance, a chance to slip up. But Cam Newton is really strong. Since they got blown out by the Steelers, they've done nothing. They've lost every game since. It's another four games, so it's five in a row. Saints are 2-5 to five on the road. Panthers 2-1 to one at home. There's a few nice... McCaffrey is going off in every week for the Panthers, but they can't get it done. There's, there's no deep threat really now, mainly because um, Newton can't throw it that far. So they're just struggling. The defence looks good. Uh, Keekley had some big plays last week. He had a couple of turnovers himself. Um, but Saints are minus 6.5 on the spread. That's a 21-20. I quite like that. Jeff, this feels like the quietest Cam Newton has ever been. You know, there's none of that swagger. There's none, no ridiculous press conferences. He's not making statements anymore. He's not even making throws. Well, that's the biggest thing. You know, all the other things are kind of in, inconsequential when you when you look at him play. I have to believe that there is something wrong with him because, or that that shoulder is more serious than they let on. Because one of the things, go back Cam Newton's history all the way to Auburn when he was a college player. He is a great deep ball thrower. That is his strength as a quarterback, is his ability to throw the deep ball. And he's not throwing the deep ball. He had two chances on the goal line to hit guys to win the football game and couldn't get the ball there. So I think the, I think the reality of it is the Panthers are in deep trouble. When you start firing coaches in the middle of the season, which the Panthers have done, and apparently it came from above Ron Rivera, wanted, they wanted some changes on defense, he's taken over the defense. Those are usually the first signs of the of the you know the wall starting to crumble, and and I think that if the Saints pound them like they they do, it'll be I don't know, four or five in a row they've lost, and I think that's the end of the Panthers. This could be their sixth loss in a row if they lose this yeah. one. Um, ben, the the Saints are minus six point five point favorites. You can get that at twenty one to twenty. Do you fancy that? Yeah, I like that. So Saints one to thirteen, the winning points march as well. That's seven to five. Yeah. If you like them over twelve plus, it's thirteen to eight. So it's not exactly long odds. I, I, the bookies have them getting putting a whooping down on the Panthers. Yeah, it's it, and again, I'm going under on the points yeah, here because I don't see Carolina putting up the the numbers. So uh, under 52 points is 10 to 11, which I quite fancy. It's a high line, isn't it? It is a high line. I, I, yeah, I don't see where. Do you watch Carolina play defense it, lately? Well, I think <laughs> that's yeah. true. And, but but the Saints' defense, to, to its credit, is up to twelfth uh, in the league. Yeah, and yeah. They, they've really come on because that's always been. Uh, the talk that the, the offense can do it, but the defense hasn't been contributing. But now they are. Yeah, they've got some players. They got some good young players. Cameron Jordan is is a great edge player. You don't think New Orleans gets on defense gets no publicity because everything's about Sean Payton and about Breeze and about you know Thomas and those guys. We, we, all all credit to the offense. But the reality of it is, if they're going to make a run, a Super Bowl run, the defense is going to have to make some plays. Anzalone, the young linebacker that they drafted two years ago, has, has flashed for him. We talked about Cameron Jordan. You know, you got some guys up front that Davenport, I think, if he can get his foot healthy, has a chance to be a, be a special guy. And, and you look in the back end, they've got some players back there too. So, you know, I, this Saints defense is better than a lot of people think, and they get turnovers, and that's mm -hmm. important. That is it is important, and uh, I mean, I, I we talked about it earlier, and it, it's a it's a shootout now between the Saints and the Rams for this home buy and home advantage, Ben. But the Saints are they're exciting. They haven't shown it in the last couple of weeks, and maybe Drew Brees has dropped off a little bit out of the MVP race, but they still have the power to get it done. Yeah, that's the thing. And 
a few teams have done the same thing where a few have just they've all been stifled a little bit and it's at that point in the season I think where it's a long season really but there's quite a few injuries on both sides of the ball so they're just trying to get the wins now get them any way you can you know what guys one of the, one of the trades and, and it's interesting how now trades are starting to become bigger things in, in you know to teams than they've ever been in the past it used to be there was a time where you didn't trade very much you either got a guy off waiver wire or you got him as a free agent but a trade that happened a couple of years ago I think turned the Saints fortunes around when they got Max Unger to play center and gave mm -hmm. up Jimmy Graham, and everybody said, how in the world are you giving up a, a Pro Bowl tight end mm -hmm. for a center? Well, one of the things that, that, how that's changed the Saints, they run the ball much better now. They're very, very good protecting the quarterback, and those are critical things when you're a quarterback down on the team like they are. So even though a lot of people don't talk about Max Unger, Max Unger is a huge, huge get for that New Orleans Saints offense. Yeah, another trade they made this year as well is they got Eli Apple in from uh, the Giants. And I'm not sure if it's all Eli Apple, but that has coincided with their defense being a lot better. Uh, gives uh, Marshall Latimer more... Yeah, uh, exactly, because now you can't just go away from Marshall Latimer yeah, all the time. Else. And Apple, Apple really kind of underachieved in New York. It was a bad Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, that's... I knew that was coming. <laughs> but, but you know what? You're right. It was He, he was not playing particularly well. And Prince of Marshall... I can't even pronounce it. He's another guy that's <laughs> kind of out, he's out of New York and kind of got a second li lease on life yeah. a little bit, you know, with the Bears. Yeah. Lads, I have to draw it to a close because we have to get out of here. The cleaner's coming in and he's about to kick us out. But we could talk about these games all night, essentially. All night. There's so much to talk about. Hopefully there you've got a few nice little odds. Um, we've given you a little bit of insight for more. Uh, good odds, some more tasty odds. Jeff Reinbold sitting right here has a, a beautiful weekly column on oddschecker.com. So make sure you check out that, peruse his favorite tips. Um, ben and I will be doing our mini previews, which are available on social media. So make sure you check those out. We do them for all the TV games to so have a little look at those. Oddschecker.com for all the best odds, as always. Um, and make sure you follow Oddschecker on YouTube and Twitter. When you like what we do, let us know. If you if there's something we can do better, let us know. Oh, please. This, these shows are for you, not for us. Absolutely. Yeah, let us know. Get in touch. If there's certain odds that you want to see, we can maybe make those happen as yeah. well. So thank you so much for watching. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week to talk about Week 16. Does anybody know what the over and under is on Tom's baby being asleep when he gets home? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not it's looking not good. Let me tell you. I'm hoping I'm going to get some sleep. That's the key thing. We will see you next week. Good luck this weekend. Thank you.